0: Welcome to the Catastrophic Comeback Podcast with American injury lawyer Clark speaks, helping you find hope, purpose, and joy after a catastrophic injury. <laughs> well, so who are the uh who are some of the people that are in the routine, routines most? Your uh, your family and friends, your people, really anybody is, you come in contact with?
1: Honestly, it's me. And it's not even it's not a vain thing. It's just life that happens to me. I'm working a bit now about my grandmother who's now deceased who my grandmother had this running joke like not a joke but she was one of those people you ever have friends in your life who say hey can you pick me this up pick pick this up for me and i'll reimburse you when you get back and my grandmother would never give you the money back right (laughs) so stuff like that but i tend to keep it more self-focused because i don't want i honestly don't want to hurt anyone's feelings and it was funny because when I was at my old job, and my old uh, one of the executives said to me, "Goes, do you make jokes about us in your?" Time? I said, "No, sir, I do not. <laughs> like, I want to keep this job, so <laughs> no." And but no, it's it's more like I said, it's very self-deprecating, so the, the focus tends to be on me. And it's funny because sometimes I go to comedy clubs, and I'll see people sitting in the front row, and they look scared out of their mind, and then I'll go say something to them to engage. And I said, Oh, they think I'm one of the, that, you know, a lot of times comedians will pick on the audience. And I'm like, I don't do that. Like if I'm engaging with you, it's more like, it's more fun and lighthearted. And again, it's, the joke is always going to be about me against me. And so um, I have to realize that people get a little nervous when they sit in the front row of comedy clubs. So I was like, Nope, just about me.
0: Well, so you mentioned self deprivating Can you give us an example of 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 some of that material? <laughs>
1: Well, even when I talk about the whole thing with the ladder and I'm just like, you know, is it it, the 200 pounds that like a (laughs) hard 200. And then I say, well, I don't have time to go to the plus size step stool store, you know, so whatever. So (laughs) those type of jokes. And um, again, I put myself out there more because I want people to see, like, it's okay to laugh at yourself, even, you know, when I talk about being a woman of a certain age and I say, you know, I'm at this age where if I drop something on the floor. I have to decide how bad I really would need it. <laughs> you know, so that kind of stuff gives, if I'm laughing at me, it gives you permission to laugh at me. And it also gives the audience permission to laugh at themselves. But I will tell you this. One of the things I had to move away from when I first started doing comedy is, again, in feeling insecure and in feeling um, vulnerable on stage, a lot of my material, when I first started, I did a lot of weight-related jokes kind of like I'm going to make the joke about myself so you don't make it about me and that sort of thing. And then two things happened for me that changed uh, the way in which I approached that is I remember I did like one weight joke too many and a woman in the, in the audience looked almost like she pitied me and I was like well that's what not what I was going for. And then secondly my mom was at a show and after the show she goes I don't like that you do so many weight jokes. And that kind of pricked me. And I realized, you know, I'm funny and I didn't need that crutch to do that. So then I kind of moved away from that. So I have a thing or two here where I'll say something, but it's not like I'm a big girl. I'm a big girl, you know, and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. No, I understand. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, let me. So one of the things that I. I believe is that. The things in our lives that are. That, that that are adversity you know the adversity in our lives um, is not always a curse sometimes it's yeah. a blessing in disguise and sometimes these things that that come into our paths that are really difficult that are really tough to to overcome and to address and to deal with end end up being things that are blessings you know for example, you know growing up, my dad was not Involved in our lives as maybe he should be, and and uh, did you know was not not a not necessary. But so so as a kid, that was like a source of financial difficulty, of self esteem, of all these different things. As now that I'm grown, it it I look back onto that as a blessing because it, it has really changed and shaped. The relationship that i have with my with wife and kids you yeah. know which is which is the great blessing of my life yeah and and so how do you feel about that do you feel like adversity is is a lot of times a blessing in disguise oh my goodness where do we
1: start with that <clears throat> so i grew up to a single mom uh like i said to i grew up in um brownsville brooklyn <laughs> Which, if you know anything about Brown's, was one of the the toughest neighborhoods in Brooklyn, and then eventually I moved to Bedford-Stuyvesant, Brooklyn, in Brooklyn. My mom, it's so funny. I remember being an adult, and I said to my mom, just out of the blue, I said, "You know what? I think I would love to have." I said, "I would love." Remember when you used to make like um, neck bone string beans and white potatoes? I really would love that. And she goes, "Girl." we were eating that, we were broke, but I had (laughs) no concept of that because she never made it feel like that. She just did what she needed to do. My mother spent a long career working for the Veterans Administration Hospital and she worked nights and she, I had to be our faith was put on display way before we knew we were putting it on display because my mother went to work night. She worked four to 12 at the VA hospital. I was a latchkey kid, which a lot of people I don't think know what a latchkey kid is anymore. But I was dependent on at a very young age to be responsible because, and, and I never wanted to let my mom down because I knew how hard she was working for us. And so my mom worked nights and she prayed and said, if the Lord gave her a daytime job, she would give her life to Christ, start going to church and give her life to Christ. And that's what she, and she got it. And she did that. And so she, we grew up together and, you know, and and as she'd like to say, we raised each other. And so we had a very, my mom and I are super close. When my mom, my mom got married one day and got hit by a stray bullet the next, got shot. She was sitting in her, her and her husband. Had just come from a day of shopping, and she was getting ready to exit the vehicle and these two guys were shooting at each other and Because she was exiting the vehicle, she got shot in the back of her head. Had she been still sitting in the car, she got shot in the back of her head. so to this day, she has a non a bullet from a non millimeter gun lodged in her head because they said if they took it out, it would be she would have trouble walking. So when I look at her and watch and what she sacrificed for me and all she's done, and so now I get the opportunity when I go places, especially for comedy, to bring her along. I've just it it just makes my heart so happy. I will never forget I was doing a show in Laughlin, Nevada, at a casino, and the light I couldn't see anybody in the room because the way had the light set up, but I heard my mother's laughing, laughter, <laughs> and that just made my life so. Because I think about how we you know, went for those times, the times that would lean and just all this kind of struggle. And, you know, we lived in a tough neighborhood where she got shot. <laughs> and so, and the, the Lord has us here. So again, when I go back to, when I tell you I'm 54 years old, I tell you that as a sense of looking where God has brought us from. So yeah, I am a firm believer that, you know, adversity can just, it, it, it makes you strong. It makes you humble. It makes you appreciative. And she still well, make me those neck bones and string beans and white. I get on over that.
0: <laughs> well, so you, you described your upbringing. You had a um, single mother, last key kid, dangerous neighborhood. Mother is shot by a stray bullet. She's working a lot. You're you're you've got to go to school. You've got you have yeah. siblings.
1: No, I'm an only child.
0: So you spent a lot of time by
1: yourself then growing up. I did. I tell people all the time, I'm an only child. I know how to play by myself. Like, I don't need a lot of people around me. <laughs> yeah. And then well, my mom, she just, she was so great. It just, you know, just being my friend. Like, she, she, knew, she knew how to be my mom, but she also was a friend. And she just was my everything. She really, really was and is.
0: When you guys were together, let's say it was a Saturday, she wasn't working. It was a Sunday, she wasn't working. It was the two of you, you were growing up did was there a closeness there was there a, was there a, did you did you guys laugh a lot even in spite of the difficult situations that you were in
1: my mother is very funny like I cut when I tell you a come from a lot of funny people I'm not even kidding my mother's funny. my grandfather rest his soul was the funniest of all and one of the the greatest sadnesses of my life is the fact that he's never gotten to see me do comedy because he oh, would okay. love this he would have loved this and honestly, this comedy gene comes from him. But I, this, you asked if my mother was funny. Let me give you an example of how my mother's funny. I told you she gets get shot. So when I got the call, because I wasn't living with her at the time. I was living somewhere else. And when I got the call, she got shot. No one kind of, everyone was giving me random information, but no one told me everything. So all I'm thinking, my mother had a fur coat. So I didn't know so somebody shot her for the coat. Like no one had details. I didn't know where she got shot or whatever. So finally someone said to me, she got shot towards the bottom, and I said, "Okay, she's not going to die." So then I am like out of my mind. My grandfather and I are going to the hospital, and I'm in tears. And so I see her. I finally lay eyes on her, and she goes, "What happened?" I said, "What do you mean? What happened? Did you get shot?" And she goes, "Oh yeah, like she's." But this is what parents do, and you're a parent, so I'm guessing you do this. Sure. You will always make sure your kids are okay, right? I'm a mess because of her, but she went past herself to say, let me make sure my kid knows I'm okay. So then she's cracking jokes to me and she goes, you know, they cut off my girdle and I just bought that girl, <laughs> so you know, but she was just trying to make it better for me. So once she kind of got me calm and we laughed about it, so she's really, really funny. And my mother just, she, she cracks me up. She's a source of a lot of material also.
0: Well so it it seems like there are people you know in the world that are just that are just like that that just um like I, I, and when I, when you say that what i'm thinking is we recently had a client who was uh catastrophically injured in a case yeah. we were doing a video um to describe the magnitude of his injuries and how it's affected his life and his family and uh you know during the video he becomes emotional and uh uh because he just he just he's reflecting on how much impact this has had on his life he becomes very emotional and uh so i finished the vi- doing the video and uh and the videographer who's worked with me for a long time a super talented guy is putting his equipment away and i've been working with this guy so so when when you work with these guys for a long time you become close to them and you become um close to their families. Yeah. And, uh, and so then I become kind of emotional. I did, I did my job and my job was over and I, now, and I'm becoming emotional and, and he's paralyzed from the neck down. And, uh, and I'm just like, kind of unreasonably emotional for the circumstances, but, uh, um, but what I, but, but what I can feel him doing, he can't really move. Uh, he can't move at all, but I can feel him sort of leaning in towards me and, He's like he says to me, "It's okay, it's okay, uh, it's okay, counselor. I'm I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be all right." Oh and so he's trying to, and and I'm, it's, it's kind of like I'm your mom. console you, yeah. He's, you know, like it's my job, you know. Yeah. He's the one that's having to deal with this. Yeah. But he's he is emotionally reaching out to me yeah. to console me and tell me it's going to be okay and wants to take some of my pain away, which was so remarkable and yeah. touching and yeah. to me. Yeah, so it's just, uh, and that reminds me of of the kind of person that your mother must, uh, must be.
1: She's so awesome like that. She's very, it's funny because I'll have to tell her when I'm telling her about a situation, I'll have to preface it by saying, I don't need you to fix it because parents fix. That's what you all do. I don't have children, so I can't relate. But what I've seen with parents and I've seen it with my own, you go into fix mode. Like I tell you about an issue, like, okay, here's what you're doing. I said, no, no, no. I just need to vent. I just need you to listen. And she says, okay. But she, I'll never forget. And this is, like I said, she doesn't remember this, but I just thought it was one of the coolest things ever. Like, I remember being a teenager and I want to go to a Run DMC concert and I couldn't find anybody to go with me. And she goes, I'll go with you. And I was like, you (laughs) would But it was sweet, and she had no interest in running. She didn't even know who he was, who they were, who they were. But she was gonna go with me because she knew there was something I wanted to do. And I told, her, I said, I I love that you did that. Now I talk to her, and she quotes rappers to me. She she's she's so funny. She goes, you know, it's like Bad Boost. She's Bad Boost. He says, and I was like, who? <laughs> and I was like, how do you know these people? <laughs> she's just really, really funny. So she's she's the love of my life. She really is.
0: Well, so we're about out of time, yes. but but I don't know if it's because we're the same age or what, but I have yes. enjoyed so much talking to you. you the Run too. DMC reference alone makes it makes me think of a hundred questions that I have for you. So maybe maybe we can get you back to join us again.
1: I would love that. And thank you so much for having me. I'm glad we got a chance to do it. And thank you for just having an interest in wanting to talk to me.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, th- I think that what you say and, and what I'm hoping is that maybe somebody will... Will uh, have, you know, be going through a tough time. Maybe as a result of an injury, and maybe as a result of hearing about you here, yeah. they'll YouTube. They'll look into. Go to. They'll go to a show. They'll go to one of your clean comedy that shows, and it'll brighten their day and help them. Maybe they'll see some of the other people that you've referred to, and they'll just sort of th- start That's thinking. True about the funny things in our lives.
1: Yeah, it's true. And they can go to Tara Brown Comedy um, on social media, Tara Brown Comedy, tarabrowncomedy.com. But I do want to say this because I think this is important for us to remember. Life comes at you fast. It comes at you hard. And sometimes it just feels like, when am I going to catch a break? Things get better. They always do. And we have to remember that because when you're going through your valley um, periods and it just doesn't seem like there's any hope, I promise you, if you hang on, it's going to get better. And it's not trying to be flip or anything. It's just been my experience. So just kind of power through. You're going to be okay. More people care than you think they do. And here's the other piece of it. Share your stories. Talk to people. Don't hurt alone. A lot of times we go through things and we feel like, you know, whether it's shame or whatever, like we can't tell anybody there are people who love you. There are people who want to help you. There are people who can talk you through some things, pray you through th- some things. So I think it's important for us to kind of lean into those people who lean into us and just know that it will get better.
0: Well, thank you so much. I you think that welcome. that's, that's so helpful to, uh, to me and to, I think the people who I hope will listen to our show. Thank so you thank you, so Tara, Tara. Thank and I, you. and I will look forward to, uh, seeing you at one of your shows. Well, hey, let me ask you this before yes. we go. When are, When are your, when do your, are your comedy? Uh, don't you have, do you have a regular comedy thing that you host? The well, I have a couple of things coming up. Um, September 9th at the Mint
1: Museum in Uptown Charlotte, I believe time is 3.30. I'm doing another clean comedy show. This is the family friendly one. And that's going to, be part of the Queen City Comedy Experience, which is Charlotte's, premier comedy festival that's going to be a fun one. and you know with my uh clean comedy show I mix stand-up and improv the improv always goes over really well with the audience so that September 9th is going to be good and then I also do a, a show called Funny Godmothers with a, another comedian uh, and we're going to be at Booth Playhouse on October 28th and you'll get to see me do a longer set for that I do about 45 minutes worth of time and then we do a Q&A with the audience so it's a lot of fun
0: that's fantastic. Yeah, okay. Well, thank yeah. you so much for being All on. Thank
1: you, Clark. Thanks for having me. Have
0: a great day. Okay.
1: Take care. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time.